1: Talk shoes. Recorded live.
2: Inspire. Invigorating. Invigorating this life should be filling energy rushing through your veins. Rid your life for those only feeding off your precious energy. Eliminate conversations that detoxify your spirit. Appreciate and be appreciated in this life. Navigate. Navigate your own journey, make your own path, addressing all eight domains of your life. Brought forth by Dr. Nats. Health, education, personal development, financial, environment, family, spirituality, and recreation, too. striving for success, not defined by financial freedom, but intertwined with peace of mind and personal fulfillment. Personal fulfillment. Be all that you can be, just like the army says. Just one can make the difference. You are of vital importance. Importance, impacting each life you touch, considering someone outside of yourself, taking the time to lend a helping hand, radiating, radiating positive energy in every breath you take, every action you partake, engulfing, engulfing in your dream going beyond your wildest imagination, I, Enigmatic Mahogany, am here to invigorate, navigate, strive, purpose, fulfill, impact, radiate, engulf. I'm here to inspire you with my pen. And that is that is that P71 Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Inspirational Expressions. I am your host, Enigmatic Mahogany, coming to you under the wonderful umbrella of POET Radio, where Black Ice is our illustrious leader of the TOET organization, Tonight is truly a special occasion. I am so, so very excited to be able to feature one of my POE teachers this evening that goes by the name of Miss Joy Elon. Tonight, we are going to be inspired by her story. Tonight, we're going to even tap into her pen, and we're going to continue to take the message that she presents tonight and ensure that we're encouraging, motivating, and uplifting all those around us. So, what we're going to do tonight, we will be interviewing Joy Alon this evening. We will also give the opportunity for the callers on the line to ask questions of Joy Alon. We will also give her Poetic 10 this evening. In addition, we will also ensure that we are gifting back to our amazing future through our Poetic 10. If you all have not heard of Joy Alon, you are definitely in for a treat. I'm not sure if many know, but she actually won. 2015 Poetry Video of the Year for the National Poetry Awards for her video performance of I'm a Survivor. So we're going to open up the show and get everything started tonight. And actually, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it a little bit, but I'm going to allow her the opportunity to present I'm a Survivor for the onset of tonight's show. We're going to go ahead and get this thing started. Y'all get ready. Get your water. Get your snacks
1: because you are in for a treat this evening.
2: Greetings and salutations. Welcome
1: to the show, my P O E T sister. How's it going? It's going great on a Sunday evening. How are you doing?
2: Blessed and highly favored right now. It's a little quiet on the home front, so not sure how long that's going to last uh, with the two little ones, it's definitely an amazing honor to have you on the line tonight, Joy. You have so many accolades under your belt, and as stated before, your story itself Is inspirational to many. I have the ability to go in and research and look at the different articles that have tried to or attempted to encompass all that is Joy Lam. As I was stating in the intro this evening, you were raised the same. You were able to be seen across the nation for the amazing video performance of I'm a Survivor. So if you don't mind, I want to start off this night's show with I'm a Survivor. Are you prepared to present that this evening, Joy? Yes. Wonderful. Well, once again, callers, those in the chat room, those that will be listening to the archive, you are in for a treat. Tonight, I present to you my poet sister, Julia Long, with I'm a Survivor, the stage of Joy Queen.
1: Okay. I'm a survivor of the transatlantic and trans slave trade. I'm a Protestant survivor of race and slavery. No choice but to carry my babies into the horrible world. My baby being ripped from my womb and arms. My husband, auctioned off a legs for rebellion. I know that because of my skin complexion, I was working in the house and Yes Master and acting like I was a loyal subject. Yes, a loyal subject. Subject to all kinds of abuse. By taking care of his family. I'm learning how to read and write and listen to a conversation to one of the others. While I wash the clothes outside and pass by the other slaves, I sing, "Wade in the water. to communicate to the others that the water is the key to freedom. I'm a survivor of slaves learning how to read and write. At night, my work is never done. I teach others how to read and write, but I teach them how to hide it so we don't lose the battle of freedom. Seven trees boys bring fruit. And even though they're not going in front of us, they're going in someone's backyard. I'm a survivor of the civil rights movement and dogs attacking me because I want to vote. I'm a Protestant survivor of the Black Power Movement, Black Panther Party, power to the people, and police brutality and FBI instigations and infiltrations. Our leaders down for cars and two rappers on two coasts usually cause of war within our community. They say the best way to hide something is by putting it in a book. After all the things I went through to teach us how to read and write in slavery, these two things, which I free are becoming useless in our communities. I'm proud to be from Oakland and Berkeley, two cities that represent change and revolution. I'm black, not African American. I don't identify with Africans because I don't know what tribe or region I'm from. Because of the one drop I don't know who I was at first. I refuse to call myself an American because I don't want to call myself something where the country doesn't even want me. They keep finding the right to keep me oppressed or a stick. We fought for the right to vote. And the moment that we earned it, people aren't registering or getting out there. Our rights to vote and freedom may be taken away because we're complacent. And we don't know if a war will break out just to put in back into slavery. And we've been experiencing institutional slavery and racism for the past 50 years. But it's about to be real because we have a black president and he's not backing down. They're afraid that he's going to change America for the better and they can't have it. It's becoming tougher and tougher for us to vote and express ourselves. There may be 99%, but that 1% controls everything. I'm a fighter and I refuse to give up. I learned from all the people that fought for us to be here today, dead or alive, we have the right to live freely. I'm a survivor of all these things because my ancestors built this country we'll be erased out of its history. Pick up a book and learn about the struggles that people went through just for us to be here today. I refuse to let all the movements and those that lay down their lives die in vain. And that the late lady T. T. Marie once said, I'm young and I'm old. I'm rich and I'm poor. I feel like I've been on this earth many times before. I used to be a queen, you know, on an island by the sea. With rainbow-colored people, happy as can be.
2: Thank you. Absolutely beautiful, Joy. And the very intricate part of that piece is very timely that we chose that piece for the beginning of tonight's show, as this is technically the last Sunday in Black History Month.
1: And you mm-hmm. spoke to
2: the very grace that went before us that have paved the road. You speak about being a survivor in so many facets of life. You spoke about being a loyal subject, subject to abuse. I love how you're tired and in the water because, the water was the key to freedom. We just have to listen. Don't lose that battle for freedom. Representing on the lines absolutely open and open and sure that we have many on the phone lines and those in the chat room for that area. As you say that I'm black, not African-American. You see your vote and your brought attention to voting. I'm not sure if many people have been paying attention, whether it be Facebook, the news streams, anywhere. But this is our time to vote. We do matter. We have to make those votes matter. So I thank you for bringing that aspect and facet as well into this amazing piece. It's our time that we must open a book. We must learn. We must ensure that we are here making the change and being able to say as yourself for your line, I am a survivor. And I thank you so very much for being ready at a moment's notice to start the show off with that amazing piece. And now the call is on the line can see why that video has received so much recognition for this beautiful, amazing, put-together piece. Now, I want to kind of go back, go back in history with you there, Joy, where you truly determined that you wanted to write or that you knew that writing was going to be the passion and the mission that you carry out, to be able to inspire because you are truly an individual of queen a sister of extraordinary talent. So when did it begin for you?
1: When did this work for me?
2: Well, when you wanted to write, when you knew that poetry was going to be something that you would be able to express yourself. Oh,
1: man, I've always been a writer since I was a kid. Uh, right, it, it's just that um, I can write all kinds of forms. Um, I write academic, uh, creative stories, you know, short stories, and all of that, you know. But poetry is easier because it it, it it's something you can just kind of jack down when you with the feeling real quick, and it's you know, and especially by me loving music, I love music. Um, it's a way for me to you know just give it. Uh, you know, creative, artistic form uh, with words. So poetry, I've been writing poetry probably since middle school, but oh, wow. I didn't start really taking it seriously until probably when I was in college and I was using it as a way to invent what was going on in my life, especially as I was transitioning from being a teenager into adulthood. So writing has always been a part of my life, even when I was a kid. I mean... My mom always read to me, and I just got tired of hearing other people's stories. I started creating my own. So. And
2: it's amazing that you were able to cultivate that throughout middle school and then you got to college as well. Now, as I was reading up on your profile, you know, a lot of people say there are a triple threat. Um, but you speak of a quadruple tax. So I wanted to give you the ability to speak to that quadruple tax that you hold within yourself as Joyaline.
1: Could you repeat the last one? Oh, and then, and then, yeah, Let me tell you, everybody, out there I wear hearing aids, so I have a hearing loss, so don't be surprised, compri- you know, something new for the audience, and I also wear hearing aids. So. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yeah, repeat that again.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I was just warning a lot of times we hear people refer to being a triple threat, but you refer mm-hmm. in your bio to having a quadruple pack. So I wanted to give you the ability to speak to being a quadruple
1: tax. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I usually well, when I was born I would have three things against me, being black, a woman, and having a disability. The quadruple, the fourth part of being attacked or a threat is being educated. And so I have, you know, four things. Um in a sense against me because in this in this society although education is rewarded, it's not uh, really rewarded when a black person is educated because of men um in a sense it's seen as um a revolution, you know. So I when people find out that I when I went to school, which is UC Berkeley and Stanford University, um, they're like, oh snap. I'm like, yeah, oh snap, you're getting a real deal, so don't mm-hmm. think you can you can fool me, you know, don't let these hearing aids fool you because I'm very intelligent and I have no problem i i um what is it? I'm unapologetic for being me and for thinking and speaking the way I feel, so that's my quadruple task is being educated and um especially here in the Bay Area. Uh, where we, especially here in Oakland, where, you know, we're at the heart of where the Black Panther Party originated. So it's like I'm carrying on something that was started here. And
2: you are doing an amazing piece, and I applaud you, Joy. Now, I can only imagine, what like you said, being a quadruple cast, but things against you, being Black, being a woman, being educated, and being partially part of hearing as well. So, what was that like growing up? Of course, as an adult, you blossomed very confident in seen in your poetry. But growing up, were there any challenges that you faced with the children around you, individuals that questioned your poetry at that time, questioned your writing ability?
1: Oh, man. So, back in growing up, so I have no time telling you how old I am. I'm about to be thirty for you. <laughs> so <laughs> back in the time growing up, I was, it was like early 80s, you know, mid-80s and stuff like that. And so back then, what we know about hearing loss and disabilities now, it wasn't really well known back then. So people perceived me very differently. I like to say what's my favorite um, uh, superhero X-Men. I felt like um, I was part of the X Men in terms of I like people. I wanted to be around people. I wanted people to see past my hair and my mutation, a quote unquote mutation, if you want to call it. But you know, um, and people didn't want to play with me. Now this was in Oakland. Now, however, basically being so liberal you know berkeley's on a whole nother page in oakland even though they're right next to each other um when i got to schools in berkeley in fourth grade they welcomed people with disabilities they i uh, had a uh, classmate regular classmates signing to me when i got there because they already took sign language classes learned the abcs and basic words and by having conversations with deaf kids on a daily basis the uh, language skills expanded with sign language. So when I got to Berkeley, it was like I was able to be me completely. So growing up, I mean, you know, um, my family's from the south, Louisiana particularly. And so I'm first generation California. So I'm from a family who was talking about racism was blatant. And I, in their face, you know, in Louisiana, like, you know, my grandfather came, I came home crying. My grandfather was a teacher. And I came home crying because nobody wanted to play with me till I had hearing that just when I was like seven, eight. Oh. My grandfather was like, you ever been called a nigger? And I knew what that word was, and I was like, no. He said, well, back in the South, we would walk on the streets, and white people called me that to my face. But just because that's what they call me doesn't mean that's who I am. So guess uh, what? They're going to call you names. They're going to talk about you, whatever. And if they don't want to play with you because you got here aid, they're not your friends anyway, so who cares? So these like, you're going to need to toughen up. So you're going to need to... Forget about all of that. And he said, so, so, next, uh, so don't come home crying to me about your hearing aids unless you've been called a nigger. <laughs> and, and, you know, but that kept me up at a young age because my family did not see, see me as a disability. They um they embraced me. They didn't treat me different. So by having that confidence from my family, I knew who I was, and I didn't let anybody tell me what I was or who I was. So, you know, that gave me the confidence and that, that that confidence is still in me and I'm teaching that to my daughter because I'm not telling my daughter we need to toughen up just because, you know, racism may not be as blatant, you know, but it seems like it's coming back and I need you to toughen up because, you know, we're living in times where we got to be uh, confident of ourselves. we got to love ourselves first and then be able to love other people. So it was hard growing up, but um, I didn't care. I like a challenge. It's just something I like to overcome and prove people wrong, so it's nice. (laughs) But hard for but, you know. You are
2: doing that. You are proving them wrong, and I'm definitely glad to hear that those lessons presented from your grandparents, you're instilling them in your daughter.
1: Because as you
2: say, those lessons have carried you through life. And I am absolutely positive that those same lessons will carry your daughter through life. And although racism may not be as in your face, it is still forever present. We've made a long stride, but we definitely have a long way to go. And yes, what do. I love about your writing, Joy, is you are able to incorporate the struggle of being a black woman in America using what you've learned in various studies and even your own personal experiences. Now, as we spoke of that quadruple task, I also understand that you wrote about being a prisoner of having too much education and working at a job where they thought that you were some dumb, disabled employee and being able to fire back at them. So I want to take you back to that experience as well. I know we kind of went when you were seven growing up, but when you were old enough to work and they just took you, for someone that did not have the skills, they allowed your disability to be a label before getting to know the skills that were able to be presented to you, how were you able to fire back and make a stand at that time, Joy? When, When I was a kid? Well, no, when you were working, so When you were working, I was kind of running up on your Mm hmm. Oh, when I was working? When you were working, when they thought you were just dumb disabled, how was it that you were able to fire back against them? How did you let them know that, hey, I know who I am, and I'm here
1: to show you my skills? So, okay, I wrote a poem called Silently Outnumbered about, been, you know, looking for a job, I'm overqualified anyway, but oh well I have bills to pay, right? We all have right. especially student loans, you know, student loans don't care what you graduate they want their money. So <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, you know, so I had this job and it was ten I'll tell you what I do. I was working at a park at like a recreation center. And so they wanted to kinda of like run this park department like it was a stinking FBI CIA organization. I'm like, you're not gonna be calling me after hours. When I clock out, I'm off. Don't call me. <laughs> There's nothing you should be calling me about. Oh. So what happened was um you know, uh it something happened where they they didn't like the way I was running my recreation center and how it, for me it was more I joined the department because I cared about the community I worked in, um, which is open, and I was giving back to the kids. So something happened. They called a meeting, and I noticed, first off, when they called me, they were fussing about whatever. It was something so small that could have just been resolved, but whatever. So I keep that, even though I went here and I know how a person's voice sounds when they're on speakerphone. So Mm -hmm. I I noticed that the director was on speakerphone with me, so I was careful what I said because I didn't know who could have been in her office listening to what I was saying. Absolutely. So then – I almost should have been a lawyer, I swear, because I pay attention to too many little things.
3: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> I'm serious. I almost went to law school because I'm too I'm too good with detail. So then they sent an email. They were tripping off of little stuff, and they sent an email talking about, we're going to have a meeting. And when they sent the email... Not only did I see the director of the department, but they also see, see some um, other supervisors. some I'm counting, okay, that's Doctor, director of the department, and that's two supervisors. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I, I'm asking for legal representation. I call my union rep. And then um, the day of the meeting, um, she, she came in, like she walked in the office, like she was about to tell me something. And she was shocked when she went around waiting the people she said to be there. But when she went to my side of the room and she started my union rep, she got all like, kind of scared, in a sense. Like, oh, what are y'all doing here? Well, you called a meeting. She didn't know why. We didn't know if it was a disciplinarian meeting. So she asked us to be here. And that put her, you know, you know, in a sense, like, now you got to change the game. It's kind of like checkers or check- checkmate." A you know, so it's like, for me, that day, she learned, uh, I may work at a park, but maybe she should have paid attention to my resume, because I did graduate from UC Berkeley, Stanford. So, that doesn't, I'm not, I'm no dummy, by no means. And I did do my homework. And, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, even to this day, I'm still working at a job, I'm a special ed IA. I'm not credentialed, although I could be credentialed, but the policy of education has made it hard for us to be teachers in California. That it's not. I like the fact that I give kids one-on-one time. So, again, I'm making a difference in these kids' lives, but the only people who really notice the improvement in the kids are the teachers who really see their work. And, and so they're also learning I'm not just a regular OIA, like I'm making a difference. So I, you know... I don't really care what other people think. As long as I'm doing my job and um, I'm getting satisfaction and I'm seeing progress and the other person I'm working with is getting satisfaction, that's all that matters. And as for my supervisors, I mean, just hope hope they would go off of results instead of favoritism. That's, you know, that's the thing. We live in a a world where people go off of favoritism instead of results and, you know, uh, people getting their job done. So I just, you know, I'd like to just stay low. I lay low, do my job, make sure I don't cause no problems so I can just go home at the end of the day. And And that's because it's the field that I'm in that taught me, you know what, you need to learn to turn it on and off and not worry about what they think. As long as you do what they ask you to do, you should be all right. And
2: honestly, that's really all you can worry about, Joy. Now, one thing I did want to speak to before getting back into your poetry, because so many queens wear the hat of single mom as well. So I want to ask you as far as any type of challenges that you may have faced in single motherhood and how you've been able to embrace your responsibilities and role as a mother Being able to work and also being able to give so freely back to the world through your poetry. So, what challenges have you
1: faced in wearing that balancing act? And then a single mom. Um. A lot of challenges. Um, <laughs> I have, I have, I have, let's see. We can talk about the financial part now. But um, the main challenge that I have had as being a single parent is just um, really, really honestly, financially, in a sense. Because that's the main thing. Because without money, you can't really do as much as you want for your child. Um. Being a writer, you know, I say that being a writer has saved me because my daughter, I'm, I'm fortunate that I have, this. which is another thing, I'm fortunate that the jobs that I have are kind of put kids for me. Like I work at a recreation center. I was, I'm able to bring my daughter to work with me if I don't have childcare if somebody's not able to uh, watch her. The other thing is by me working at a school, she will be able to you know, come to school with me, and we'll be on the same schedule. So fortunately, I made sure when I got a job, it was I could be, I would be able to be off whenever she here, run a break and stuff. But financially, um, that was hard because I had students, like I literally got pregnant right after I graduated from Stanford, and at that time, back in two thousand seven, student loans kicked in six months after you graduated. I don't know how long they take to kick in now, but at that time, six months wasn't a long time. And so I was working part-time and all of those things. Um, I learned to live on a budget. And I paid off my student loans in six years. But um, I, but since then, all those things that I've learned, I've embraced financially, I'm able to... Um, take care of her, but still give her, um, even with little money, I'm still able to enrich her life. I'm blessed that for the job that I have, my coworkers, they understood because that we were all making the same amount. So they were willing to work with me and let her join their program at a reduced cost. I didn't want anything for free. I just couldn't pay as much as what they really charged. And they said, well, no, we understand. We thank you for not trying to take advantage. So for my daughter, I teach her it's important to give back. Um, Money isn't everything. We need money to survive, yes, but there are things we can do if we plan it right Education. I have to tell her that comes first. So I will. My money will go towards books to enrich you and programs to enrich your life and help you grow as a person. Uh, My money isn't always going to go to toys uh, because you may get tired of those toys six months from now. But at least something you've learned six months ago will still be a part of your life. Um. The, like I said, the only struggle I had was financially, and I've overcome that because I, I I made sure I just, I never lived beyond my means. And I had the support of my mother. And um, having that family support, living with my mom, that, that helped us get by. And that made being a single mom a lot easier because I really watched my mom be a single mom, Um and she worked two jobs. And I remember she arrived for the bus company out here. I remember having to meet her after school and ride the bus with her until it was time to go home. I don't driving no bus, but I'm driving a bus. But I like the fact that I'm able to bring my daughter to work with me and she's still with me. And so I'm not really missing her like that. I'm not missing her childhood. Because to me, that's the main thing is time time, being able to spend time with my child because mm. money comes and goes. But when your cat, like my daughter going to be eight years old next month, I'm like, damn, where did time go? <laughs> I'm like, but when I look back, I can say, well, you know what, at least I can say she was with her family. She saw me. She knows what I do. She knows I get up and get out of school and hurry up and get to work. She knows that I'm sacrificing so much for her. So, um money and time were the hardest part for being a single parent.
2: And I am sure that she is going to be extremely appreciative of the sacrifices that you made and at the end of the day, time is everything. And I realize in the world of being a single mother, a lot of times finances do play a part of it. Now what I love about what you do is because you're So transparent joy. And I actually want to kind of segue um, very quickly into a book being Signs of Life, Past, Present, and Future. Because in this book, you go through the daily life regimen of being a student a lover, a worker, a mother, and the various other identities. And what I truly appreciated about the book, Honestly Joy, is the title, because it was derived from sign, the form of communication that you've used throughout your entire life. And without the past and the present, there is no future. So when you were composing those very intricate parts of your life, What made it so easy for you to allow it to flow on paper to present those life lessons?
1: i like to say writing is my therapy. Writing is really, really my therapy. Um, I can't afford to see a therapist. I don't see no point in wasting money on a therapist. (laughs) Uh, pen and paper (laughs) is cheap for me. I can take out a pen and paper, get it out, and once it's out, it's out. I'm fine. So... What I was, when I wrote that book, mind you, a lot of the poems, I would say, in the past and the present was stuff that I was I was written when I was between 19 to up until probably 26. Um, oh, wow. And so the future, right, projecting, okay, I'm done with all of this stuff. So at that time, I had Dick became a mom at 25. Um, at 26... I realized I said okay, oh I wish I could put 27. At 26, I realized okay, I'm a mother now. It's not about me anymore. It's about this little one now. Uh-huh. I did my life. I celebrated. I've done all the things I wanted. Oh, but it's now I got to make responsible decisions now that can help my daughter long term. Or I was also—I will say this—I used to be bigger. I—I I, um, I was on over two hundred pounds when I first started. I was almost two hundred pounds when I first started oh. losing weight. And um, so for me, writing helped me lose weight. It helped me let go of things. It helped me go through, like I just get rid of some anger or some depression. Um, stuff that, you know, I'm trying to figure out because you know, my daughter, father, and I weren't together anymore. So now I'm like, well, wait a minute. This is not how I pictured my life. I thought we would be together. You know, this is not going like I planned. Um, so I used all of those stuff that I wrote about, I used it as therapy to get off, off get out of me. So I can't hold on to this no anymore. I can't, I can't. And it's, you know, um, it it released a lot of things. I've made some mistakes. I have to go through things to, you know, ask for forgiveness. And I did by the grace of God, which was a miracle. Um, I was able to find somebody after a church sermon. They were not on social media, but I happened to find that landline. They were in a whole nother city in California, San Diego, and that was like almost an eight-hour drive from Oakland. So I was able to just talk to them for five minutes and just apologize for something I did to them. And they said, that that took a lot for you to apologize. A few years later, I said, well, I'm not that type of person. I never got a chance to apologize to them. And so once that happened, the healing started happening. And the poem just kept coming and saying, boy, just get it all off. Get it off. Anything you think you did wrong, just get it out. Get it out. Um, that way you can move forward. And so Signs of Life, perfect title, right? <laughs> um but it was really a poem called Signs of Life about a young lady who thought she was pregnant. So that's a Signs of Life. And then the title is also, because I know sign language, and there's also just life period. These are all signs that life happens, life is oh. happening around us. So I said that, and it it was just a way for me to just share, we're going to make mistakes. That's the whole point. We're humans. But we don't have to hold on to it forever. You can wake up, which is what I did one day, and said, I'm not holding on to this. I'm cleaning this up. I'm getting rid of it. I'm not shoving it in the closet. I'm putting it, putting it out in the open. So if anybody wants to say, got yeah, skeletons in the closet, I don't know how. I cleaned out my closet a long time ago. Oh. Uh, if you want to you want throw something in my face, I'll be it in your face because it's in the books, in the books that I've written. So there's nothing I'm hiding from. So um, I I actually just released it. And um, that part is what propelled me to where I am when I published this, that book as to where I am now. This year will be five years since that book was published. And oh, wow. six years since I started on this journey as a writer. I didn't plan on being a spoken word artist, mind you. I was just trying to be a writer because writing was my passion. Being a fucking word artist came later after trying to sell some books. And like you know you know, you learn some new tricks, like, okay, but I that wrote a book now, kind to show it off. Let me show you what I know. But but, I, but it ain't cool, but if it wasn't for me writing those things, I don't know where I'd be today. But I know I'm grateful that those things have happened because I wouldn't be able to talk to you right now. Absolutely,
2: Joy. And you are truly an inspiration. You have beat the odds of so many. As I was reading more into your profile and understanding, typically it takes people four years, sometimes even more. Some are just on a layaway plan um, and getting your undergraduate. But in just three years, you got your undergraduate degree. Then you didn't stop there. You went on to get your master's. Now, the story that you just presented, the gift of forgiveness, because a lot of times people don't understand that forgiving people is not necessarily all about them. It's for you to be able to allow the blessings to ravage into your life. So, Joy, what I would like to ask of you before I open up the line, because I see our illustrious CEO, Black Ice is in the building. I know there are several that want to come on, congratulate, maybe ask questions but if I could ask that you present forgiveness this evening, do you
1: are you prepared to present that this evening? To go back and do what I did? Maybe that happens.
2: To me,
1: repeat
2: the last question. No, I was just asking if you could present forgiveness as you presented that last lesson and going back and apologizing. Before we open up the mic for the callers on the line, I just wanted to know if you were prepared to present forgiveness tonight. Yes. Well, at this time, without further ado, my queen, my P-O-E-T sister, the woman that you're going to go to love if you don't just yet Forgiveness, the stage is yours, Joy.
1: Oh, goodness, forgiveness. I don't have that one on me. (laughs) i got to open up my laptop.
2: (laughs) Well, that's okay.
1: Uh, But what
2: I'll do, Joy, because I want to give you time to get that available as well. And while you're doing that, because forgiveness is very key, But while you're getting that, I'm going to also ask that you give another very unique and special piece, and it's hearing the world through her eyes. So if you could once again get forgiveness and hearing the world through her eyes. I
1: would like to do, the reason why I would like to do forgiveness, because I think a lot of people need that. Um, Absolutely. um, Because Dr. Hughes' part, and that was the whole point of that sermon that I heard, but people need forgiveness. Um, people need to hear it, um, or people need to forgive. Because you know, it's it's like a boulder that's holding you down, and um, you, you don't you don't want that wall. And here it is. I'm gonna be. I found it. <laughs> forgiveness. Right. Ever felt like you were stuck and couldn't move forward? The only way to go was back or to the side. I was feeling like that for a few years. It wasn't until I heard a pastor talk about forgiveness, whether a person needed to be forgiven or to forgive others. I knew what I had to do. I, un- I unintentionally hurt someone so badly a few years ago, I was on a mission to find her. With no assistance from people who knew where she was, he showed me how to find her, and in two days, I did. I called her not knowing if it was the right person. She answered, and I verified who she was. I apologized for hurting her, and I couldn't move on until this was done. Whether she accepted my apology or not, I could live with knowing I tried. She said she moved on and wanted me to do the same. The biggest burden had been rising. No more bearing the blame and hiding in shame. My barrier had exploded, leaving nothing but ashes, and I didn't have to look over my shoulders anymore. Since walking forward has never been easier, and the past has never been brighter, sometimes we have to go back and correct our wrongdoing. I didn't want my past coming back to haunt me or my daughter, and I'm thankful every day for this opportunity. Thank you. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest what happened. I have. Uh, I was young. I was like twenty, twenty-one, and I had an affair with a married man, and I didn't know he was married. And if oh. I had known, if I had known, I, the, the impact, um, of what happened, I wouldn't have done it. And um, she found out, and they divorced. And this person that I had an affair with—that's my daughter. That was—that's my daughter's father.
2: Oh, but
1: I did not like the fact that I have a daughter with a man that I made a big mistake with, and you know. So I asked God to—I wanted a clean slate for my daughter. I didn't want my mistakes to come back and you know not bless us with opportunities. So I asked God to show me how to correct this. And I'm serious. Like I said, two days later, I, I corrected this mistake. And when I told her father, I said, I found the I spoke to her, and I apologized to her. And I said, I, I can live in peace now. The question is, have you done the same thing? Have oh. you at least apologized to this woman for hurting her? And whatever his response was, I know that I've been living right, and I teach my daughter to do the same. And I have no problem admitting when I made a mistake. I have no problem apologizing. That's what people need to realize. Sometimes it's okay to be wrong, and it's okay to say, I am sorry. Like I would tell a little five-year-old boy, I am so sorry I made a mistake. Just because I'm a grown-up does not mean I have to be right. So... We have to admit, uh, we're human. We're going to make mistakes. And to me, I like being able to be sleep at night and know that I try to do the right thing. And, um, you know, I don't, you know, and especially for kids, you know, like I said, in order to move forward, sometimes you have to go back, study your mistakes, study other people's mistakes or learn from the past to understand why are we here and where are we going? Where can we go from this? So, you know, I think that's takes, always a testament in my life. <laughs> it
2: is. And honestly, Joy, it's an amazing feat and an amazing testament to be able to say that. To say that forgiveness is okay. So many times people get so caught up in their lives that they don't want to forgive, that they want to be angry, that they want to be hurt. But not you, Joy. You took Mm -hmm. that and looked back and was able to say, you know what, even if you don't forgive me, I've been able to release it. And that's a lesson that people can get young, old, disabled or not, black, white, it doesn't even matter. But that's a lesson that will not only carry you, Bob, It will definitely get carried far in your door, and I'm so glad that she is here and you decided to keep her no matter the decision that was made without prior knowledge. So I thank you for sharing and being intimate with us this evening. What I'm about to do, Joy, because I see the line in the chat room, and I do see our (laughs) illustrious leader, Black Isis, on the line. I know sometimes he's in and out of work so I do want to give him the ability and the opportunity to speak to you as well as okay. the other callers. Um, so without further ado, I introduce our president, our CEO, Mr. Black Ice himself. Black Ice, are you on the line, love?
4: Good
0: evening, family. How y'all doing tonight?
2: Black. I'm good. How are you?
0: I am doing well. Just coming off of a uh, another sold-out event the Women of Poet yesterday, God's Greatest Gift. And, you know, it's it's only right that we honor this sister by spotlighting her tonight on Poet Radio's uh, inspirational expressions. Um, here we are coming off of Black History Month but going straight into National Women's Month. Mm-hmm. And what greater person to acknowledge than uh, our poet sister Joy Elon from Oakland, California, published author, national artist. Um, award-winning poet um, it's just a, it's just a phenomenal thing just to hear her story and and we we're talking about forgiveness and talking about writing our wrongs in both aspects of the word writing them and then writing them and so um, just to hear your story and knowing the other part of your story you know you're just fitting other pieces to the puzzle that I had not known Um, and you're revealing and opening yourself up on on the show tonight. And I just say, wonderful job. I'm proud of you. And I'm actually proud of you both, you know, and I'm glad Mm -hmm. that um, you are feeling much better. Um, My sister, Enigmatic Mahogany, you know, as always, Mm -hmm. you are in our prayers, and you also, Joy Elon. So I'm just sitting back here um, just with a smile on my face, and I'm proud of both of you. And tonight is your night, Joey, so um I wanna say kudos to you. I look forward to seeing you in a few weeks. Uh celebrating yes. my birthday with me, April the first, live in Detroit. And yes. uh, man, just just get it in, just get it in, girl. Um this is just the beginning of what of the blessings that God has in store for you.
1: Thank you. I gotta say thank you, uh both of you for this platform because you know, we can't meet each other. You know, Chicago and Oakland—they play far or ever. But it's great to still have that voice-to-voice contact, and I think that's very important for human contact and for us to work together to help others. And I um, thank you. I thank you for this. Um, and I kudos to you guys because you guys are putting in the work as well. So. I see what you're doing, even from social media. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I thank you by all means, clean joy. And Black Eyes, we thank you. We would be remiss without thanking and showing our appreciation for you and all that you do, because beyond the radio airwaves, there is so much that you are doing in the Chicago area, and traveling and be an international spoken word artist yourself. So we appreciate all that you do. I appreciate you coming in and joining tonight as we do celebrate this queen. it's very special, as you stated, as we end coming out of Black History going into Women's History Month to allow her story to inspire and reach many.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, again, um, you know, you have my undying support, you know, 110%. And so um, just keep it going on. I'm going to share. I'm going to repost. I'm going to push. I'm going to market, and I'm going to promote my Joy Elon.
1: Thank you. Well, you know what? I I promote y'all too. So, you know, we're family. uh, That's that's what I love about it. It is definitely a family affair. (laughs)
0: Yes, yes. Well, look, I'm, I know you have a lot of callers. I'm going to go ahead and step out the way. I did want to show my love to the both of you, and um, I'm going to continue listening and um, do your thing.
2: Well, thank you so very much. Once again, Black eyes and know that we love you, love you, love you, once. Yes. Yeah.
0: I love you, Thank guys.
2: you. Love you, too. Once again, everyone, that is the CEO, the president, the brainchild of T-O-E-T. We love him to life. joy a I believe we have another one of our four family members in the building. He has nine children. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody.
4: How you? Hello, this is joy How y'all doing? we
1: good. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing, I'm doing awesome. Doing awesome.
2: Well, I am glad to hear it, Brother O oh, you are living, in touching it yourself and I do thank you for joining on tonight here in at to Expressions to celebrate our sister, our Queen this evening. Did you have any questions or comments for her this evening?
4: Well, I I have, uh, you know, I have a you know, comment about what you said uh, about uh over <coughs> You dealing with a disability, I I deal with disability every day, and um, a lot of people respect me because you know they don't. A lot of people don't define me by it. That's mm-hmm. how I feel about it. I may have it, but I'm not defined by it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is uh honor to, to announce that. Y'all surely, Brother always is uh, featured in a poor South in this magazine. That, came, that issue came out last week. There's a nice article about me in that magazine. It goes to show that even when you uh, face uh, many health challenges, you can achieve great things. You can live a full life. And that was uh, my comments.
2: Well, I thank you so very much, O, because you said a mouthful there, and not allowing the disability to define oneself because the gifts are still readily available and readily to be expressed. And I thank you, and I'm so proud of you as well. I have been seeing you all over social media. What a wonderful way to be able to keep in contact with us being in various regions of the country. So my hat also goes off to you of the various wonderful things that you're taking place in this city, and I am so very thankful to be able to call you, my poet brother, my dear.
4: Thank you, my sister. I appreciate it. And I think your for you as you get back back to restore the full health, and it's already done, it's easy.
2: Yes, I believe it, and I claim it, and I'm looking forward to receiving it. Thank you so very
4: much for those.
1: So It was nice hearing you, Butterball. Oh, uh...
4: uh, thanks, Just Joy. You. You're an inspiration to me. And uh, because I see you, and I see a lot of me in me you too. I see that I'm not by myself in this thing. No, you're
1: not. And that's important for us to know that that there are people, you know, we all have disabilities, believe it or not. Some are just more visible than others. But, you know, it's it's important for us to not let that stop us. And, you know, if you don't believe in yourself, then who will? And your your belief has to come from inside before someone else can believe in you. So, you know, Keep doing what you're doing. Keep, you know, sharing your words. And, you know, we have to come together and, like I said, give back to the community because there are people who cannot do what we do. And no. we, 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 I like to say writing or speak, performing is our a, is a superpower. That's a superpower mm-hmm. that we can do, that we can project. And we can help save lives or change lives. And that is a power that I swear, I, you can't put money on that. You cannot put money on that. So keep sharing your gift and sharing that part of you.
4: Hey, thank you, Sister. Girl. I truly appreciate that, uh, that it uh, word, those words, those encouragement we you that as motivation to keep going. Thank
1: you. Thank you. And you have a great night.
4: You too.
1: Thanks so much, for those.
2: Bringing in our next caller on the line. Let's see who we have. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Inspirational Discussions. Who do I have on the line
3: tonight? Um, <clears throat> hey, how you doing, Mr. Automate Charismate? Hey, Automate. How
2: have you been doing tonight,
3: well. Oh, it's fine. You know I love you, and I love everybody that you bring on, um, on your show. You want actually you one of the ladies that uh, uh, inspired me um, as far as being a host on other shows and how to conduct myself as a host. Oh, you
1: well, thank you so much. That means
2: everything, honestly, because that is my mission and my goal and aim, to be able to inspire. So I appreciate you, my dear King. Yeah.
3: Um, you know, I, uh, how, how are you doing, uh, Queen? um uh, I want to, uh, the the your, um, your guest, uh, yes. what's her name? Yes. Okay. I have, um, well, I got to go to work. And I want to know, um, you were talking about forgiveness. Um, I want to know if I could read this poem because I have to go to work. And, um, and it's about forgiveness, about uh, forgiveness
1: absolutely
3: go right ahead all right it's called product of your environment okay frustrated by the devil scene you are supposed to be like your mom smoking crack your dad in jail for selling crack on the streets your man got shot you were supposed to be to get back at the shooters quality the evil engaged by many you sold dope to feed your baby. You rob people to put clothes on your child. Tears you meant no harm. Temptations without having stability. Apply for that job to say no. Now... You reload on crack to feed your family. You're trying to get out the game, but a slave to the game. There will be no hope for you. You will either die or go to jail. Hell was here for you. You are a product of your environment. You are now able to go to school. You work hard to feed your family. You read to be more wise than our successors now your destiny kids want to be like you you were rescued from poverty thank god for the streets the reason for being so strong you go to rough neighborhoods and teach the message of hope you understand why each corner is occupied the streets you've been there before you are not now the overcomer of street life now hell to heaven in your direction King, the great God, see in you. That's why he puts you there, so you could be a product of your environment. Miss Automatic Charismatic, the lyrical engine. Product of your environment, shave no more. Just a blessing, the test God gave you to be strong. Turn me on, rub me up, scotch, and dry. Beautiful. Thank yeah. you. Beautiful. So very much. And I say, you, a lot.
2: Sometimes I realize in the busy rest of life, you have to go to work, have to take care of things, so I do thank you for taking the time out to join in tonight and support this amazing queen. And also, with the flowing direction of the show, to give a piece so dynamic, the product of your own environment, and as you were saying that piece, all that kept playing in my mind was break every chain, um, because we don't have to be a product of our environment, Mm -hmm. so I thank you so much.
3: So very much, my good man. You're welcome. You know, um, you know, forget Sometimes you gotta forgive yourself. Mm. Sometimes you gotta forgive your circumstances. Sometimes mm-hmm. you gotta forgive about everything that you had that you felt like you had to do, and and remind yourself that you could do better. Because some people are so stuck on themselves, and they can't they can forgive everybody in the world, but they can't forgive themselves. And it begins with mm-hmm. self, absolutely, yeah, so you know, um <clears throat> I just wanna make an announcement if I could uh, you know p p e network will um be back April seventeenth, I hope maybe one a one day have you on there as a guest uh you know, um i I want to show my love, and I like what I, I like what um the queen was saying about forgiveness um i'm enjoying the show so far uh listening to black eyes and uh the teacher i call him uh brother o.
2: <laughs> yes that is our teacher well it is always a blessing and an honor to have you um onto the show Otto. i uh, will just reach out to me um let me know um after the show of course we'll try to link up a day i'll be more than honored to be on the show with you my dear all right. All right. Well we're gonna re-up this engine. We're gonna go ahead and get to the remaining callers. Once again, thank you so very much, Otto, and you have an amazing evening.
3: Oh, you do, Sam about to go work.
2: All right, you are good now, brother. All right. All
3: right.
2: Bye bye. No. All right, that was our Otto giving us some viewing and doing up that engine. So definitely an amazing welcome to the show. We have a few more callers, that I do want to have the ability to allow to speak
3: to our dynamic
2: team tonight. Up next on the line, welcome to Inspirational Expressions. Who do I have on the line today?
5: This is Joe, the rubber mind, that's How are you doing? Magic Mahogany?
1: I am fabulous. How are you?
5: I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. How are you doing, Ms. Joey Long?
1: I'm great. How are you? Excellent,
5: excellent. 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 I was, uh, you know... Loving the interview and all you were saying. I mean, you definitely got a beautiful spirit.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It was a a blessing to share myself with the audience tonight. I really opened
5: up. You really did. And, uh, you know, talking about the forgiveness and everything, that was just, you know, it it takes a lot of courage to, uh, you know, come on the airwaves and speak that to people that, you know, you don't know but, you know you shared that and, uh, you know, definitely sheds light onto your spirit.
1: Thank you. I try, you know, I, I think it's important for people to really know what well, she brought up, kinds of light. so it was great to really go back to that time and put myself back to, you know, um, the, the journey, like the beginning, beginning of the journey. So, you know, and I think sometimes, I guess it's the Sunday, the church. Going on today. But, you <laughs> know, sometimes we need to be reminded of something. It's not, you know, I think we need to hear other people's struggles and obstacles. Um, it's not always, you know, about love and everything. Sometimes we need to hear about how to improve ourselves. And if you kind of look at my Facebook post, I post a lot about spirituality, like tune in to yourself, meditation. Um, and, that way because in order to be a better person to the world, you have to be a better person to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely.
5: Well, I have a piece, uh, if you don't mind me sharing.
1: Oh, go on and Absolutely.
5: Yeah, actually this piece is uh, it's a combination with Shakespeare and some of my own thoughts. And it's titled Trayvon.
2: Stage is yours.
5: To be or not to be, that is the question, whether 'tis noble in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against the sea of troubles, and by opposing in them, to die, to sleep no more, and by a sleep we say end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks this flesh is heir to, to the confirmation devoutly to be wished to die, to sleep, to sleep perchance to dream, aye, there's the rub, for in that sleep of death the dreams may come, when we have shuffled off this mortal coil, must give us pause, there's the respect that makes calamity of so long life, for who would hear the whips and scorns of time, by oppressors wrong, the proud man's contumely the pangs of despised love, the laws delay, the influence of office and the spurns that patient, murder, or the worthy and takes, When he himself might disquiet his mate with a dead barking, who would faddles bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life, but that the dread of something after death, the undiscovered country from whose born, no traveler returns, Puzzles the will and makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others we know not of. Thus, consciousness makes cowards of us all, and thus the native hue of resolution is sickied over the pale cast of thoughts and enterprise of great pitch and moment. With this regard, the currents turn awry and lose the name of action. Soft, you now, the fair Ophelia and by orisons be all my sins remembered oh my trayvon let not that death be a vanity our humanity spoke you then four years to the day we have trump fears who still cheers for you to be or not to be is in question when it's your reflection it draws bloodletting four years to the day and we may not vote to be or not to be is the question do you think trayvon's soul is resting
2: and home. Mm. Definitely some very plaguing and serious questions presented in the piece as we speak to Trayvon four years later. Is he resting in peace truly? Fleet no more. Free for that chance of a dream under a country, the coward of us all, to be or not to be, is the question we must answer, that we must pose and ponder. Thank you so very much, Joe, the Virgo Mind oh,
5: Thank you, Annette. Appreciate
2: that. you got it, King. We're going to go ahead and keep this thing going. I know we're going a little over everyone, but I assure you I'm going to try to stay as close to time as possible. We're going to go to my soul companion up next. Hopefully the children are not driving him alive. Trent Williams, welcome to the show, love. How are you?
6: Hey my queen. How are you doing tonight? <laughs>
2: I'm doing okay here in the wonderful remundance of my food in the back. How have you been enjoying the show tonight?
6: I've been loving it. Um Joy Ellen is I believe. Elon. Elon. Okay. Elon. I got Elon. Yes.
1: I'm bad with,
6: I'm bad with pronu- pronunciation. You got to excuse me. Uh, but I enjoyed the show. You're very inspirational. Um I never heard of you, I mean, but tonight, I mean, you are somebody to follow, so I will print you on uh, Facebook. Uh, you uh, mentioned that you do a lot of meditation, so do I, and uh, that spiritual sense in meditation, man, it, it's, it's so it's so much closer to where you feel, close to God, so I can understand, you know, that path you walk. But I just wanted to congratulate you on your... Uh, your journey, you know, continue on and keep writing because that's your gift.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Silver. My
2: sister, so Williams, I will put you on the comfy couch, uh, shall I say child control, but thank you as always for the countless support of not only p o e t radio, but myself as well and my many ventures and dreams. So thank you once again, Gene. All right, that was Mr. Tyrone William. Oh, williams um, I'm going to go to guest 12. I'm not sure if they're anything to get on the mic or just listening in tonight. Welcome to the show. How's it going this evening? Hello, Carla, can you hear me? Going once, going twice. And we're gone. They may just be listening. Well, however, we do have a brother that shares the stage, shares the various airways with many of us, and that is none other than Mr. JNK himself. What's going on?
5: Everything is good. Um, good evening. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I got to download the show, being that I missed the feature. Um, <laughs> but that's people's comments and things like that. That's enough to give me enough, you know, insight to know that, um, she was a, a a very pleasant and inspirational um, person to have on the scene tonight. So, congratulations. And uh, I too salute you and all the things that the Lord has done for you and doing for you.
2: And Thank you. Thank you so much, Dan Kay. And you know how I do. So, at the end of this show, as soon as the recording is available, you don't even have to download it. You can just click on the link, I'll post it on your page. So you will get a little bit better insight on Joy Alon because she is truly being transparent this evening, and we do appreciate her for that. But it's always much love and appreciation to you as well, J and, K, and I hope you have an amazing evening, my dear. Okay, you too. Thank you. All thank right, you. Joy Alon. We have done it. We have been able to inspire to bring the inspiration out of those that are on the phone line. We've been able to bring up a subject that so many flee from and run from being forgiveness. And in this life, life is a canvas. We have to look for the signs of life and have to remember that silence is not always golden. It's a poetic evolution and the power of spoken words that have been presented tonight by Miss Joy Alon. So as we end out tonight's show, I thank you for your time. I thank you for your inspiration. I thank you for your transparency as well. But I want to make sure to give you the ability to be the last voice that is heard on the airwaves of inspirational expressions. So whether you want to do closing remarks, if you want to pick one of your points that you want to deliver, anywhere you want to go, the stage is yours.
1: All right. I'm a gold digger. I want the best and I go for the best. If I was alive in 1849, I would have been one of the ladies in the gold rush. Don't get it twisted. I'm not talking about going after some rich man's money because I'm going to make my own. If anything, i got to watch out for them guys that want me to take care of them. I met some of those. They never thought I'd be someone in the future. Then when they started degrees in the Mercedes, they're going to talk to me? Uh-uh. It doesn't work like that. I'm changing the negative connotation of gold diggers. I'm on a mission. I'm unstoppable. You would love me if you only knew I was about making money. I just don't flaunt it. Show me where to go and I start digging until I get something. Even then, I wouldn't stop because there's plenty more to get in to get in chairs. If I'm on a mission to build an empire, I have to be the best. Bronze and silver never get attention. Only the gold medalists. I'm from the golden state and live the golden life. Naturally, have gold in my hair and my skin is golden. My destiny was planned for me since before I was born. I've been a fighter since birth, and I'm fighting for mine in a mental aspect. I claim to be the best, and I ain't the best. I push and push until I'm satisfied with how far I've come, and then I get that rush, the gold rush. I'm burning with desire, I'm on fire. I'm building an empire, I fight fire on fire. I'll fire on anyone who gets in my way, and at the end of the day, I got the final say. As Kev's choice says, I don't walk, I fly. And I always keep my head up to the sky. I work with the best. Are you impressed? Thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you for letting me share my story. And thank you for having me, Mahogany. It was truly, truly an honor, and I truly appreciate it and look forward to meeting you. Truly an honor and pleasure. Thank you so
2: much. Thank you. doesn't even seem to be enough. Joy Alon, but it was amazing, and I look forward to having you back on the mic here at Inspirational Expression. So please feel free to make yourself at home here. My poet sister, I love you. I appreciate you. You continue to have that gold rush, continue to build that empire, continue to live that golden life, and it is evident that you are indeed unstoppable. Thank you once again, Queen, and have an amazing night.
1: You too, and much love to you. Good night. Thank
0: you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?